Hello, and welcome to Fighting Over the VCR. My name is Nancy. And I'm Matthew. And this week, we have a very special episode. Matt and I are going to be doing a deep dive in the three most recent Star Wars movies. Warning, there will be lots and lots of spoilers in this episode. We are not holding back anything for this episode. Now, this is the first um, episode of the new year, and we're kind of wanted to kind of go back to how we started last year with our first episode where I got to talk about probably my favorite movies of all time, the Star Wars series. And uh, I kind of gave kind of a general overall look at the, at how those movies have affected me and my love of the whole everything Star Wars universe kind of thing. Those movies probably made you a big movie fan. Well, I mean, it, was, it was the fir- like I mentioned before, is the first one I remember watching on VHS yeah. as a kid. I remember sitting in, on the couch at home when mom and dad had brought the VCR home, and you know, putting that on. and <laughs> And I don't think they knew I was going to like it as much as I wa- I ended up <laughs> liking it, and how much it was going to take over my life. Um, but uh, I think now that the what they've called the Skywalker saga is, you know completed and and what they've wanted to accomplish they've basically said this is it we're not gonna you know make any more movies with the you know a lot of these characters and this is kind of the end of that kind of series um they say that they say that we can work that we'll get to that yeah. in a little bit you know i thought that this would be a good time now with it the movie had just you know it's been out for a couple mm-hmm. weeks now it's fresh on a lot of people's minds um, the internet is abuzz with likes and dislikes and controversy and whatnot about the movies. So I yeah. mean, you can go online and watch Kevin Smith talk for an hour about this movie. <laughs> and so you might as well just go watch the movie. Or you can do what some people we know. Um, what's the name of that website that basically spends 15, 20 minutes just being super critical of movies? Oh, it's called... Um, and we have we know Cinema people. Sins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cinema Some Sins. Some people will watch just watch little I, synopsis on that instead I, I of actually of, seeing films. Yeah, I kind of I don't view get that as like the Cliff Notes versions of movies. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, but I guess that's like a way of people who don't have a lot of time saying that they've seen a movie. So that's why I think it's like the Cliff Notes version. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, but we've I, done we've we, we've watched them. I just rewatched both episodes seven and eight today <laughs> and saw episode nine in the theater once how many times did you see it in the theater i've seen it twice i saw it the thursday night opening and i then saw it about a week later mm-hmm. i knew that after my first viewing of episode nine the rise of skywalker that i would need to see it again to kind of put together a full kind of overall kind of opinion on it like yeah. i had i came out of it the first watching with a couple thoughts and then I wanted to see it again to see if I still felt the same way yeah. or if anything had changed. And, um, I'd like to say, um, before we kind of start talking about this is I really in overall really enjoy what is called, you know, what these three movies are referred to as the sequel trilogy. I like that. I got more star Wars. I kind Me of, too. you know, I, I don't really, these have probably been just as polarizing and divisive as um, when the prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. episodes one, two, and three came out. And I think it's really 
kind of important for me as a fan to just kind of state before I start going on and on and on about it that overall I'm just happy that I get more Star Wars Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of uh, Switzerland when it comes to certain topics um, about these that people have brought up about these Mm -hmm. three movies because um, in the end I don't in the end I kind of agree with some of the criticisms but at the same time I don't really care yeah. Because I, I'm just so glad that I've gotten to expand on something mm-hmm. I enjoy a lot. And, you know, whatever plans Disney has to continue making things in the Star Wars universe, whether it's involves the original characters that I fell in love with or not, it's just kind of a fun fantasy entertainment escape kind oh, of thing great. to do. They're, they're and, great. I, th- I think, I think the move to change the release schedule from like May to, to around Christmas has been really fun. I think it really kind of makes it even more of a family thing to do. I, I know a lot of people that made a point over the Christmas break to make sure to see these movies. I saw all of them in the theater as well when mm-hmm. they came out not on the night they walk came out. We don't need to see it exactly the minute it's released, but within a week or so usually because we're so afraid of coming across spoilers online. But yeah. no, I've, I've seen all of them in the theater. In fact, I think I did see um, the force awakens twice in the theater. Cause again, like you said, you, you kind of watch it and so much happens that you to take it in and really appreciate it. It's like, let me see it one more time in the theater and not have to wait six months for it to come on streaming or wherever. I think also with movies with a lot of effects like this and like flying around in space and all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's it's this is what modern day going to the theater ends up being about. I mean, in home theaters are getting so much better. I mean, some people have huge projector screens. Yes. <clears throat> I do <laughs> where they can and surround sound where they can yeah. almost relive a theater experience themselves at home. Yeah. But, um, I really kind of feel like for me who has a child and limited time to go to the movies now, seeing those big blockbuster movies are really important for me to see in the theater. So I can really get the full kind of enjoyment of the action and, the special effects and everything like that, which don't always translate the best yeah. at home. Maybe minus the 30 minutes of previews. Oh. This has gotten really, really ridiculous. Yeah. Just, the previews for, for this movie. Half was, an hour. It was, it was 30 minutes of preview. I saw seven previews and then there was commercials yeah. in between the trailers. I was like, it was I ridiculous. Was, I had by the time, I mean, I was almost done with my popcorn by the time I got the movie yeah, started. This is ridiculous. It was dumb. But anyway, let's start kind of where this whole sequel trilogy kind of kind of started was um lucasfilm sells gets sold you know george lucas sells lucasfilm to disney disney then announces they're gonna make the next three movies they're kind of their own trilogy they announced that the first one's going to be done by jj abrams who already that all, you know the fact that Disney, who which is already seen as some sort of evil empire to some people, um, is also is already controversial. Even though Lucas has done stuff with Disney for years, yeah. you know rides, you know uh, Indiana Jones like that. Indiana Jones, that yeah, Indiana Jones rides, Star Tours. There's tons of there was already merchandise that was yeah. Star Wars Disney themed. I mean, it that was already happening. 
But then you have J.J. Abrams, who some people love, some people hate. Yeah. Um, who, you know, and, and people most know J.J. Abrams probably for doing this television show Lost. Or Alias. <laughs> or Alias, but, and those had controversial endings, yeah. you know, so that, and he's been, in and Abrams is kind of a, um, you know, he, he credits Steven Spielberg for a lot of his influence, mm-hmm. and people, there's people out there who can't stand Steven Spielberg. I don't understand why. I enjoy a lot mm-hmm. of his movies. Well, Abrams had also been um, contracted to do Star Trek as well. So he did. He, he knew that he couldn't actually do all three of the movies, which is why Ryan Johnson did the. the well, one he in the had. Well, what happened was was he did the relaunch of Star Trek, and a few years a few years prior, mm-hmm. and I actually saw um, Abrams and the cast of. Um, Star that Star Trek at WonderCon mm. and doing doing a panel, and he even briefly mentioned how much he loved Star Wars, you know, and how much being in that whole genre of of sci fi and space he loved doing that. And I'm thinking, like in his mind, he was like, "If I ever got a chance to do Star Wars, I'm f the Star Trek yeah. thing. I'm going to just do this." Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed that Star Trek movie. And I kind of, and that movie has some kind of twists and turns that are that is different than what your traditional Star Trek was. So I kind of, I kind of had an inkling like, okay, this is really opening the door to we do not know what can happen, and this can go all different kinds of ways. There you go. So, you know, just from the get go, there was already like huge skepticism Mm -hmm. about what the hell is going to happen with these movies. Well, I think the skepticism was also, it was understood because there's so much challenge (laughs) as a nice word with the prequels. So, I mean, you got to acknowledge that the prequels on the whole probably aren't all that great of films. And that's what star Wars fans had just been able to really, you know, digest, you know, within 10 years or so before this film would have gotten released. So I think people felt pretty burned well, by the quality of the prequels. Um, that, well, and also... So there's, you know, clearly some kind of raised eyebrows, like, hmm, how are these going to turn out? Well, and, and to be fair, the sequel trilogy did not really involve George Lucas, the creator of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> so so no Jar Jar Binks. So, so there was already, but there was already kind of skepticism, like how do you make Star Wars without the guy who created Star Wars? Mm. And again, there's this, there's like, there's uncertainty. But then you also had the prequel series, all three of which were directed by George Lucas. The original trilogy, he only directed the first one. Yeah. And... There were some things in that movie that were questionable. Uh, the casting, or, or the, 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 the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Um, some casting choices, um, some acting and dialogue direction. Um, I think a lot of people, one of the criticisms that I've read and uh, repeatedly is that um, it almost seemed like it was too, it was way too heavy on the digital effects mm-hmm. like the whole film you know 
nowadays, films being done almost completely with a green screen is pretty common. I mean, you can watch behind-the-scenes footage of the Avengers movies, too, and someone's in a studio, and there's green screen sure. everywhere, and they're wearing the dots all over them. Yeah, and, but and it's, that's, it's but, done better now. But back then, you know, yeah. he really... And you actually have to give him credit, because what he did then, good or bad, pushed the industry into mm-hmm. a new direction. Um, so... Again, I'm being Switzerland here. Yeah. And, you know, trying to play neutral and... I basically think Ewan McGregor was the only good thing in those first three movies. Um, we'll get... We'll talk we'll, we'll more go, about We'll dive into later. that later. Yeah, at the end... So at the end of this um, conversation, we're going to talk about how we would rank mm-hmm. the nine yeah. plus films. Because yeah. I'd like to include the two spinoffs mm-hmm. that kind of play into this these movies before we start diving into the to the first movie uh the force awakens and some of the new characters i just want to also point out that you know within that divisiveness of the fans one thing that's very different now than when the prequel trilogy came out and in then and especially the original trilogy came out is there's a huge soundboard that is called the internet mm-hmm. <laughs> that people have now that was in like infantile stages when the prequel trilogy yeah. came out and didn't exist during the original trilogy but no. there was still controversy like when return of the jedi came out people hated the ewoks and when ridiculous <clears throat> and people didn't like the ending to empire i mean people thought the ending to empire was terrible mm. for a while but Look at how, I mean, yeah. look at how people view that movie now. Yeah. It's completely different. Um, and the other thing that, and I'd like to especially talk about this when we get to the new movie, The Rise of Skywalker, is um, there's this term that's used when com- when thinking about television and movies um, called fan service, mm-hmm. where creators feel like they have to do they have to tell stories just to make the fans happy mm-hmm. and you do you sometimes you see that and stuff and sometimes you don't sometimes people on the internet use it as an excuse oh they're just doing that for fan service blah yeah. blah blah, blah. Um, <clears throat> and I, my opinion on fan service is this um, if creators are creating something and they have kind of a path that they've already intended and it just turns out that the fans were right and it just came out the way that it was already intended i mean then great if you want to call that fan service fine it's just a coincidence if you find out later that studios are specifically making changes to things because of fan reaction yeah. to something. You're really it's the fans' fault if they're not happy with it. Yeah. No, you're <laughs> right. Cuz they're complaining. And and I don't like that. I mean, I understand that people have opinions. People something like as big as Star Wars People are going to have opinions about yeah. it, and they're going to have, like, these ideas of what they want to happen. You'll hear some of mine later. Yeah. It's going to happen, but as far as fan service or trying to please people or whatever, it's really a detriment to the artists. Yeah. 
to not and and for the fans to not just let the artists do what they want to do and and if you think that something is happening because they're it's just fan service then maybe this whole idea of you know us going off about something on a podcast or whatever ends up being kind of hurting the medium yeah well i mean and you're also assuming does every fan want the exact same thing i can't imagine that's even possible no i mean you're probably gonna get you know you could easily have 10 different kinds of general opinions about every single topic in these movies and just because just because people just have different preferences for things. I mean, there's no way you can possibly make everybody happy, so why try? Well, there's there I will say one thing that um I think is interesting in terms of fan service and I I'm going to only jump ahead a little bit. Um if there's an actor or an actress who has become popular in something that also has a very large fan base, specifically talking about like Gwendolyn Christie. Right. Her being cast as um, Captain Phasma. Captain Phasma, like kind of the head stormtrooper. Um, I don't know if she would have been cast had she not been so popular in Game of Thrones. So something like that as like a little a little nod to the fans, like, oh, there's probably some crossover between Game of Thrones fans and Star Wars fans, and this actress has already been playing like this very strong warrior character, and she's also six foot three. Um, she would be great as this kick-ass tough as nails stormtrooper who you only see her face for you only see a part of her eyeball for about 10 seconds so, and she's got what six minutes of screen time between all the movies so but i'm saying something like that as fan service i think is great because it's like oh i recognize her voice and she's great so let's have her in the movie speaking speaking to that idea specifically mm-hmm. though i think also what happens is is People just don't get discovered. I mean, there's so many actors yeah. out there. It's not like like Gwendolyn Christie was on everyone's list because of her height or whatever. She she got better known because of how great she is in Game of Thrones. So to kind of take the same idea, but it's not necessarily fan service. It's just like, wow, we never knew who this actress mm-hmm. was. Let's give her a chance in this. And yeah. if she wants to do it and if she fits the part, great. Yeah. If she doesn't, we find yeah. someone else. Yeah. So... Um, but another thing that kind of plays into that idea is, for example, um, in the early nineties, there was a series of books, which is now called the Thrawn trilogy. And it was three books written by the author, Timothy Zahn. And it really kind of launched the, like the, uh, the expanded universe now called legends of stories about, in the Star Wars universe, mm. when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they basically said, all that shit, you could just throw in the trash because none of that's going to count anymore. Really? But this Thrawn trilogy was so beloved that some people, when they announced that they were going to make three new movies, were like, oh, you have to make the Thrawn trilogy. It's the best thing ever. And if you don't do that, I'm just going to hate it. Hmm. So, so there's... so. Again, immediate yeah. controversy. Yep. You know? Yep. Which I think is also why this is fun to talk about. Yeah. So let's start with Force Awakens. It's the fir- it's episode seven. It's the first movie to come out under Disney that is Star Wars. And it's introducing new characters. 
and it's primarily focuses on the two main characters, Kylo Ren, who is the kind of big bad, um, dark, you know, the new Sith character, mm-hmm. and Rey. Mm-hmm. Rey, the orphan on a desert planet named Jakku, and how they their lives get intertwined and where that's going to end up going. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we said this was spoilery. I don't want to go through the entire movie. Um, we find out later that Rey it has the Force, mm-hmm. and she's had it for a long time, but she's never really known what it was. And she's had hints of this. You see hints of it all throughout the movie. She's a really good pilot, even though she's never flown the ship before. Um, so her her... Senses are really good, which is something that they talk about in the prequel trilogy with Anakin. Mm -hmm. You know, he can fly up, you know, he's never been trained in the force, but he's so good at riding, driving a pod racer. (laughs) Um, And then she starts doing some mind manipulation and um, eventually uses the force to grab a lightsaber and fights Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren, on the other hand we figure out is actually the grandson to Darth Vader because at some point after Endor and Luke burning Darth Vader's body, um, someone went down there and grabbed the helmet and the (laughs) mask and he decided to turn it into a souvenir and he has conversations with it, and he's like... He's got it in a memory I, box. I don't, I don't want to, like, let you down, Grandfather. You're my, I never knew you, but you're Papa my buddy. Vader. Papa Vader. <laughs> and, um... <clears throat> Who are his parents? And then, and, and, you know, then we find out that he is the son of Han Solo and Leia, oh. and his name is Ben, after Ben Kenobi. Um... And kind of getting us, you know, on this adventure, we have other new characters. We have Finn, Stormtrooper, turned good guy as he is a Stormtrooper with a conscience. Yeah. And set, figures out that what they're doing is wrong and tries to help what is now, what was the Rebellion and now the Resistance. We have Poe Dameron, ace pilot, played by Oscar mm. Isaac. Um, we have a new droid, BB-8, Adorable. who is like a little ball, who is... Like, I'm probably 80% of the marketing for this movie was revolving around BB-8. He's the best. And then, uh, as previously mentioned, we have head stormtrooper Captain Phasma, who is a stormtrooper in a silver outfit, mm-hmm. which um, there was actually a book made talking about her origin. Oh. And, like, one of the interesting things about her suit, I guess, is it's made out of the same metal that the ship from in uh, the prequel trilogy that uh, is from Naboo. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, We have General Hux. (laughs) Commander Um, Dingy is what I call him. Or, uh, you know... (laughs) One of the Weasley General Weasley. (laughs) Uh, He he had a small role in the Harry Potter films, and he is... um, He kind of has a contentious kind of... Uh, relationship with Kylo Ren. They're very competitive. You know, they're very competitive. They're young. They both are seeking the attention of the new big bad. I don't think Hux has anything to do with the Force, so he's probably, he doesn't. So no. he's a little jealous of um, Kylo Ren's power. Well, and one of the things that they they talk about and they show, like 
Kylo Ren has tantrums. Oh, that yes. are just hilarious. Hilarious that you that we haven't really seen. Yeah, but he's got that that whiny kind of Skywalker blood in him. <laughs> and then the and then the kind of big bad that is heading this all apparently is Supreme Leader Snoke. Hate him. <laughs> he's so dumb. And then um, we get some old characters. We've got Han Solo, who is now um, not with Leia. They've, they're separated. He's out, you know, adventuring with Chewie. They, they had marriage counseling. Yeah. You know, they tried to work it out. but. And then uh, we have General Leia now, how she is leading mm-hmm. the resistance. Because the two of them, you know, lost their son to the dark side and yeah. now they need to figure out, you know, how they're going to deal with that and she went back to what she's been always been good at and leading rebellions Bossing people around. And he went back to what he's been good at, smuggling. Yep. Um Chewie is back. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, The Force Awakens um you have Peter Mayhew playing him a couple times, um mainly in in scenes where he is piloting or sitting down. But um they have another actor who um, started playing him, whose name I could never pronounce. It's like Junus something, something, something. And I think he's done great. He eventually plays Chewie in all three of these new movies and in the solo movie. Mm. Uh, 3PO is back in this movie, but with a question, red arm. But with a weird red arm that they you may never not really, recognize me. <laughs> that they never really get into. Oh, I know. And it's only in the it's only in the Force Awakens. Yeah, he doesn't have the red arm in the other movies. <laughs> and um, Ryan Johnson didn't approve of the red arm, so he got him back to his and normal. I, and apparently, arm. in like there's like comics and other books about this where they go into the whole story of why he has the red <laughs> arm, and no one cares. Um, R two mysteriously is only in this movie at the end. Well, he was in low power mode. Yeah, he was in low power mode. His battery was low. They were charging him up. Yeah. You know, he, he was... He had to do a hard reset a yeah, few times yeah. you know, to get him back online. And, um, and as I said, we have just the head of Darth Vader. Now, yeah. Now, it's, it's never really explained whether his whole head or yeah. his skull is in there. But I remember when the trailer came out, how cool seeing that Darth Vader mask mm-hmm. was, I was like, holy shit, there's Darth Vader's helmet. You this also, you this also cool. really liked, um, what's, the, what's the big ship that was in the sand on Jakku? Big ship. The Millennium Falcon? No, 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 no. The, the, the Star Destroyer. Oh, there, yeah. there was a decommissioned Star Destroyer in the sand on Jakku. I remember when the, before the movie came out, you would show me pictures like, look at this, this is so cool. Oh, I was, when... when when the hype started, when the trailers were coming out, and when, like, people were, like, f- like taking screenshots yeah. as they, like, every millisecond were going through the oh, yeah. the trailer, I just remember seeing some of that stuff being, like, I'm so excited. I I'm think so you, like, excited. changed your... New, new Star Wars. I, put, I think it was, like, my, win- my, my wallpaper, yes. my computer. Yes. I was going to say, I, I think so, you even had it on your Facebook page. I was page, so like, excited. I was just, like... New Star Wars is coming. This is yeah. so cool, and and when really, I at that point I didn't even care like how good it was. I was just like, I'm getting new Star Wars, and um, I really like The Force Awakens. It is, a, I do too. It had it is a lot of fun. I liked the new characters. There are certain things about that movie that 
are slightly cringeworthy as far as dialogue goes. I'm not a huge fan of some of the Finn Poe Dameron banter. I hate Poe Dameron. I've hated Poe Dameron since the minute he got on my screen, and I hate him to the end. Really? I hate Poe Dameron. He is in a, he's in a movie that no one else is in. Like, everything he does in all of these movies doesn't make any sense to me. And I, I, can't, I can't stand him. I, he makes me crazy. I think that... I don't mind Poe Dameron. I like him, but I think his best movie is The Rise of Skywalker. I think he was best in Rise of Skywalker. Has he... I can't remember. I mean, like I said, I power through... I, I hadn't seen either The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi since they first came out. So yeah. I rewatched them today, and I saw The Rise of Skywalker like a week and a half ago, so... The details of that one is, are a little fuzzy for me right now, but I think I do remember because he wasn't the comic relief as much mm-hmm. in The Rise of Skywalker, because, spoiler alert, The Rise of Skywalker doesn't have a whole lot of humor. Um, I think they squeezed no. in the most humor in The Force Awakens, and then there was still some humor in The Last Jedi, but there's not really much to laugh at at all in The Rise of Skywalker, and who that's t- fine. So who talks first? Do I talk first? You talk first. Oh my god! <laughs> like I, I don't, I, I can't handle him. He makes me crazy. Well, um, he, you know, for some, you know, one of we'll, when we talk about the Last Jedi, mm. you know, there's a scene at the beginning of the Last Jedi <sighs> where he has like this prank phone call kind of thing to kind Which, of just you know stall. What? You know what? The movie was long enough. Edit that out. Who cares? <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, thought I it was, don't. I thought it was funny, and and I enjoyed it. it I think <clears throat> there's kind of a lightheartedness that is even in the original trilogy that works well. But, but it works well because those actors know how to do it better. Um, I don't dislike Oscar Isaac as an actor. I don't. I'm, but I, I can't. It's not about but him he doesn't stand out. I mean, and like we saw with the prequel trilogy, you can give someone like Ewan McGregor or Samuel L. Jackson who have, you know, done amazing work in other movies, but if you give them poor dialogue and poor direction, maybe it, you, they can't yeah. pull it off. And and if they're trying to do all their acting to, like, a ping-pong ball or a green screen, it's harder to pull off. Um, I hate him. I'm sorry you don't like Poe Dameron. I think they were trying... Like, they've got, like, the three characters in the original trilogy... The three characters in the prequel trilogy with Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Padme, they're really just trying to do that same thing where they've got Finn, Poe, and Rey. Ray. Yeah. And, you know, that's... Well, rewatching... You can't... You can't no, they needed their third, and you're going to get... And having a having having a, a overconfident pilot... Yeah. <laughs> so rewatching The Force Awakens... I realized Poe is actually much more of a background character than Finn and Ray, and that made me happy. Yes. Because like, I had forgotten how much of a role he had. He has so, a much bigger role in The Last Jedi. Yes. yes. But but the fact that that Finn, who had this amazing story arc, which we had not seen in any of the movies before, the idea of a stormtrooper not just being like this brainwashed robot, but really kind of having this awakening really and challenging 
their entire existence and breaking free from that. I mean, I remember being so blown away by a Star Wars movie doing that because he ended up becoming such an important character. And he has some of the best stuff in The Force Awakens. He's not my favorite character in The Force Awakens. I'm still not 100% sure who it is, but he's so great. I mean, he has a, he's very funny. He's got... A lot of really great comedic stuff, especially my favorite, maybe my favorite moment in the entire movie is um, when he gives BB-8 the thumbs up and BB-8 sticks his lighter out to do like a little thumbs up mm-hmm. back to him. thought that was great. I thought his chemistry is with Ray is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, he's kind of discovering himself, you know, through the whole course of the movie as he realizes, I can't be a stormtrooper anymore. There's something else for me. Yeah. And Ray is on a similar path of trying to figure herself out as she's kind of taken away from Jakku and thrown into a different situation. Well, and I think, and, and I really like Finn too, and I like his story arc. The only thing that is is hard about watching Finn and his character is he's really not part of the resistance. Like in the first, in the force awakens, he, he's just like, all I want to do is get, is get Ray. All I don't care about joining this resistance. All I want to do is get the hell out of here. Cause I'm afraid of the first order. Cause at that point, that's yeah. all he really knew. Yeah. And he knew what the first order was capable of in the force awakens before yeah, anyone else saw really it. knew to. Cause he was, he knew what star killer base could do and all this other kind of stuff. It's not until the middle of The Last Jedi where he kind of has that awakening of, like, I'm part of something, I can do something that's important, that has some real change. And because the way his character ends in The Force Awakens, he gets hurt, and then Mm -hmm. he goes into, like, a medical chamber to heal, and then he wakes up in the middle of shit going down in The Last Jedi, doesn't even know where Rey is. He's freaking out, like, yeah. where the hell am I? Who are these people? And then he, and when uh, the First Order decides to attack in, the, in um, the Last Jedi, the first thing he wants to do is get on a skate pod and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. So well. he, he, his arc is interesting, but it can't, it doesn't, you don't see it over just one movie. You yeah. really see it over the three movies. Because by the end of the third movie... He's ready to sacrifice himself for the resistance mm-hmm. and save everybody, which is totally different than how he was at the sure. beginning. So that makes me like Finn more. Mm-hmm. As far as Poe goes, Poe goes? Poe goes. Poe goes. As far as Poe Dameron goes, <laughs> he grows in a different way. I think by the third movie, he is more of, tr- he's trying to be a leader more than he was in the first movie, in the first half of The Last Jedi. And I think in the last, he just kind of thought he knew what you were supposed to do, but he didn't think of the bigger picture. He is so defiant. He, well, part he of the re- but that's because he's stuck in his own head of what he thinks he should do, because he's the swashbuckling hero. He sucks. And, but... I mean, he disobeyed Leia how many times? Then he disobeys Laura Dern how many times? Oh, and Laura Dern has to send him into some kind of cell and say, "Get this flyboy out of my face." Yeah. He disrespects women. Yeah, he does. Well, speaking of that, um, 
one, and we can get back to these characters as we start talking <laughs> about it, but so The Force Awakens comes out. I'm like really excited about it and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it and I think um I think I took mom to go see it. Mm. I think I took mom to go see it. Um I saw it multiple times in the theater. I was just <laughs> super excited about getting new Star Wars. And then, you know, there's there's some it has some controversy. Um that fan that kind of split fans. One of the one of those topics is there's a lot of um I'm just going to say it narrow-minded people out there that sure. did not like the idea that now I've got who's this lead character who who um has a vagina and is a female. I don't want her to have the force and I have to f- watch movies with her. I'm like She's what amazing. The heck? and she is awesome. Um and they did, and the same thing you know especially even during the trailers it was like oh what we've got um, this person of color that is going to be a force sensitive person. I mean, I mean, people want Luke and Leia and I want the old, I want my old star Wars mm. and it was just ridiculous. Yeah, but Han Solo shows up. Ha- Han Solo is amazing. A- amazing in a majority of this movie. Also on a class that I'm drinking a white Russian out of right yeah. now. And, um, I loved Han Solo in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's great in all the movies, but this movie was very Han Solo centric. Yeah. And I excellent. loved that in this yep. movie, which also is important because the big bad is his son. Mm-hmm. So it brings on like these themes of like family and father and son relationships and all of that. And at the end, his son kills him. Yep. And you see Han Solo die. And yep. this freaking freaked people the fuck out. It it was tough. It was really, really I mean, first off, there's some big OSHA problems with that bridge that they were on. <laughs> yeah. Because there was no kind of hand railing. I mean, he gets stabbed and then he just falls over the edge. There's no time for him to just get caught there and lay there for Chewie to go and save him. I mean But no, Han Solo, he w- Harrison Ford was like in peak performance with this. I mean, he got right back into that, like, vest that he wears and just everything. He had a jacket on. It's a no new vest ja- this time? New jacket. Okay. But, Change yeah. your hair. I mean, new jacket. He, he, was, he was exactly what you would expect. I mean, when he walks in and he says, Chewie, we're home. I yeah. mean... It was perfect, and and his banter. You know, we get to see him doing his his you know trademark negotiations with people that <laughs> I'll just talk. My, I'll just talk my way out of it, and then Chewie says something. He was like, "Yes, I do every time." Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was it was like right back to where we first met him at the cantina on Tantooine. Um, it was it was great. I mean, he if you've ever liked Han Solo, you'll love. This movie, I just feel like it'd be hard to dislike this movie if Han Solo has been one of your favorite characters. And, and you know, it's great that he, you know, when they decided to make these movies, it was like, well, we have to get the band back together yeah. kind of thing. And if um, if you've watched if you've watched any documentaries or behind the scenes things about um, the original trilogy, uh, Harrison Ford was adamant about wanting to be killed. He was just mm. like, you got to, George, you got to kill me in one of these movies. Because I think it would just be amazing yeah. to do this. And George, Freezing him in carbonite's not And enough. George was like, I'm not doing that. S- sorry, Harrison. But um, 
who knows that could have that might have been like something when they wrote this movie you know they were like how do we get Harrison in this he might have been like are you gonna kill me finally sure and, you know maybe it was that he's probably never had a death scene in any movie other than this one like in all the movies he's had oh wait there's maybe at least one movie I know of that he's had a death scene yeah. the, the kind of Hitchcock inspired movie what lies beneath yeah but that and but that's got like a lot of like there's supernatural kind of things yeah. going on yeah but um I mean, and, and, and I got to say, like, that scene in The Force Awakens where they are draining the sun, which is one of my pet peeves about The Force Awakens with Starkiller Base. They're, like, draining the star. Oh. The power of the star, the power of Starkiller Base. I didn't notice that. Like, I wasn't paying you, that close of attention. The, how do you suck the energy <laughs> out of a star and then use that to power your Death Star kind of planet mm. thing? I mean, I'm I'm sure um, Neil deGrasse Tyson is like, yeah, the physics of this movie are terrible. <laughs> but anyway, um, that scene, like, they're draining the star and you've got Han Solo face, like, in front of his son, you know, who, you know, and he's like, Ben Solo's dead. I don't know who this Ben Solo folk. Fucking so, emo brat, I swear to God. He's just such a, yeah, he's just such a a bratty kind of character. I mean... So great, though. We'll no, get to Adam that later. Dri- Adam Driver, he's such a good actor. <laughs> if anyone, ha- if anyone ha- out there has not seen Black Klansman, watch Ooh, him, wa- to, watch him Black Klansman. That is, he was so good in that. Anyway, <laughs> um, there's other reasons to watch Black Klansman, but anyway... Uh, but the st- it goes dark, like the, all the power from the star gets drained out, and on his face, all the light goes away, and the only light that's left is, is of his red lightsaber, mm. and it's this total like showing of like, oh, he's gonna, he's about to do yeah. something bad. The dark, the light has gone out, and the darkness is there, and then he he kills Han Solo, and yeah, he's asking his dad, I I need help, I'm I'm. It's all I, a ruse. And, and he's like, I'll help you with anything. I'll do anything for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, um, so he's gone. And then probably the one of the more controversial things about this movie is Luke Skywalker shows up in, like, the last, like, 20 seconds of the movie. <laughs> and that's it. And he doesn't say anything. He has no dialogue. He's on a plant. He's on, like, a rock and turns around, and Ray's trying to hand him his lightsaber. And he's just like... Look, gives her this look like, who the fuck are you? And I do not want that. And then the credits roll, and that was it. And I just re- remember walking out of the theater being like, that was fucking amazing. What are we going to get next? I'm so excited about what are we going to get next? Um, we get Luke Skywalker as a complete freaking curmudgeon <laughs> in the next movie. I mean, I know he kind of provides a lot of the humor for the next movie, but... God damn, he is so crotchety and curmudgeon and annoying. Well, when you get to The Last Jedi, you know, so Ray You want to punch him in the face. Ray has found Luke Skywalker, and he's depressed because he lost Ben Solo to the dark side. And he's cut himself off from the Force... And he's basically like, leave me alone. I I came to this island to be to, to not be found, and now you're here. Get the fuck out. So, tying... So, there's a lot of similarities between the 
sequel trilogy to the original trilogy. And one thing that's definitely similar is the droids both have either a plan or map hidden inside them. You know, in the, in a new hope, we get the whole, you know, help me Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. And R2 has been storing the plans to the death star. BB-8 and R2 combined have a map of the whole galaxy that shows where in the heck is Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And I really like that kind of tie-in. Cause yeah, it's a cool tie-in. But man, Luke Skywalker is grouchy in this movie. Well, so he's, in a, he's in a bad place. And I think that that was another source of kind of controversy was seeing like this hero that has built been built up for so many years become Archie Bunker come, yeah become um Luke. although not racist not using racist slurs yeah definitely but um but that is kind of his arc though like you've got Luke who feels like he's failed he doesn't want to cause any more problems he just goes and cries in the corner which is you know very Luke, if you yeah. watch the original, I want to go to the Tashi Station and buy some power converters. Uh, when can I go and join? <laughs> when can I go and join the rebellion with Biggs? Uh, Uncle Owen, what? Oh God, whiny ass Luke. Well, this this is pretty on par for it's that. Different and, when and a teen, it's different when like a teenager, early twenties guy does it, and then like a guy in his like sixties does it. No, you know he's, what? He's old. <clears throat> crotchety curmudgeon who milks his blue milk uh, <laughs> um, sea cows sea or cows <laughs> again so I really so I go to see The Last Jedi wondering what the F is gonna go on with Luke Skywalker and I walked out of that movie pretty happy with how that movie turned out. Yeah, I mean the movie's still fun. I, I mean I really I really enjoy The Last Jedi. Um there's definitely again some controversy from that. Um you know, it starts off with finding Luke. We went this whole movie seeing a majority of the movie be Han Solo. Not seeing Luke until right before the credits, and now we're getting a movie that is a lot of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And... And Porgs. And Porgs. Porgs is the best. In fact, I have one here. (laughs) She's the best. She may say something more in a little while. But um, it ends with him, you know... At some point, he's, you know, when he's being crotchety, he's like, what did you think was going to happen? You were going to come and get Luke Skywalker, and I'm going to go face down the First Order with a laser sword. And then he kind of does that. But they kind of trick every He kind of tricks everybody, and he force projects himself to kind of save the Resistance while they're kind of pinned down at at some broken down base. And he does kind of face off the First Order. But... It took all the energy he had to do that, and then he dies. And this made the internet fucking explode. Yeah. Like, I can't believe you killed Luke Skywalker, Ryan Johnson. You're a fucking asshole. And Ryan Johnson takes all of this heat for this shit. And, you know, it's so unfair to Ryan Johnson, because I'm sorry. Like, 
I, I understand that it's possible there wasn't as much discussion of like what the full story arc was going to be for these three movies. And maybe each of these writers did their own thing. And I know, I think there's, we're going to have a little discussion about, is there a course correction that happens in Mm -hmm. the rise of Skywalker? But it's not as though someone else didn't like read over this and give a thumbs up. I mean, we all know that these had to go through several, several reviews and editing and like Ryan Johnson didn't just like secretly write this and then get everybody to film it and be like, woohoo, here's my movie. You don't make movies named star Wars that has like a bill, like multi-million dollar, like hundreds of millions of dollars invested in it and not go through a couple people that have to sign off on this shit. Yeah. (laughs) And let's also point out that Mark Hamill has certainly done, you know, he's done a ton of voiceover work in the last several years, I think notably being like the Joker, right? Yeah, and the Joker so, and, the anim- and Batman the Animated Series. So he's amazing. Re- so he's, he's really amazing. dabbled more in kind of um, not necessarily comedic stuff per se, but definitely like playful um, in ways that maybe Luke Skywalker originally was never able to, wasn't really written as but the actor has done more of that stuff so it's very possible that he kind of insisted my character's got to be this kind of i've got to have more humor in my role well and 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 he kind of was the source of humor for this movie there's there's because i don't count poe as humorous (laughs) you just count him as annoying right well i think that when when you're making a movie as big as this there's you know, like I said, people have to sign off on this shit. And, and, and I don't think, and Mark Hamill might not have agreed with maybe how Luke Skywalker died, but, or the fact that he had no lines in the first movie. I mean, there's, I mean, if you're an actor and you're, and you know, you're doing a lot of different stuff in a movie, you kind of don't want your role to be cut or you, or you see yourself Dude, why as would someone he have had a problem but, with a 30 second role showing up on a rocky I'm sure Island, I'm sure he wearing robes, but, turning his head and be like, yo, what's up? But I think he, as a professional, he also understands the art that's being made and he's playing a character. Yeah. It's world know? building, you know, and you know, whether he whether he dies in a movie or saves the day, you know he he he's doing a job, and but he represents so much, and I think that I think that's what's hard for some of these for some of these actors who get thrown into this huge, you know, corporation called Star Wars. Basically, is you know there's you kind of owe it to some people like the fans for making it popular and stuff like that, and. You know, maybe you get a little disappointed that, you know, fans don't like something that you're part of that you created Mm -hmm. because, I mean, as an artist, that would suck. But, you know, in the end, I felt like it was a great ending for him. I think it was great, too. I thought it was very heroic. Mm -hmm. I loved that you actually got to see him be a person. And not just like, I'm the fucking hero and I should save the day and everything. No, he has faults. Well, and he realized that because he became this legend, that became a, a problem in itself. Right, because people just expected him to save the day. And yeah, guess what? 
isn't that the whole fucking reason why people were pissed off? Because they were so mad that their hero from Star Wars ended up being being an actual human being? Oh, too fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, you know, the whole turn for him, what really kind of, we could just say, ruined his life was seeing that his nephew had problems and disappointing his sister, his family. Yeah. And, and in the moment where he was realizing that, like he explains it was brief, but it was just long enough for Ben to wake up and see him over his bed, holding a lightsaber. Like he was about to strike him down. Right. And it changed everything. Yeah. So, so yeah, he's a curmudgeon. I guess it's, he's an, he's earned his curmudgeon ways, but It's still kind of like, okay, Luke. Yeah. Can't you help Ray out? Give her, help her out, help train her. Well, speaking of Ray, so in this movie, we see the continuing dilemma that Ray has. She, she doesn't even really know what the force is. She knows she's got like this, this ability and she's, yeah, Mulder. I know Mulder. You you believe in the dark side. We know, (laughs) but She's got this ability. She's going to see Luke Skywalker to help her. And here he is like, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And she's lost. You know, she doesn't have a family. She doesn't know who her parents are. They abandoned her when she was a child. She's an orphan. And throughout this whole movie, she's still we we still don't find out like what her lineage is. And that's like a huge theme with her character. She's from nowhere. Ray from nowhere. Well, no one's from nowhere, Nancy. <laughs> oh, wait, Jakku? That's pretty much nowhere. Yeah. I mean... Also, I don't really like desert planets. They're boring. Oh, they're fine. <laughs> and they're easy to film at, I guess. I don't they're know. They're sometimes boring to watch. But, um... So we still have Ray trying to figure her shit out. We have Kylo Ren, who is kind of continuing his arc of trying to prove himself to his leader, Supreme Leader Snoke. Who sucks. Who sucks. He looks like Gollum. Well, guess what? He was played by the actor who played Gollum. Yeah. So. It's dumb. uh, When we... I have issues with Snoke, especially because, like, they they kind of randomly introduce this, this big bad character and... You don't know a whole lot about him other than he's from the dark side. He has an apprentice named Kylo Ren who eventually turns on him and kills him. Not because he's turning good, but because he wants to get this old motherfucker out of his way. (laughs) Let it all die. Let it die. Kill the past. Mm. We're the future. Which I think is like one of those other themes through these movies is this idea of letting go of the past and letting something new take over. And people don't want to hear that shit because they don't want to forget about the the original trilogy and Darth Vader and all that. And they don't want new characters just to to be successful. But it's very similar overarching kind of thing going on with these movies. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the action in this movie takes place in space. Yeah. There's a lot of space battle kind of stuff. But one of the controversies about this movie, though, is a lot of people think it's boring. It is too long. I think there's a couple things about 
I and I hate Benicio del Toro on this movie. Too. Oh, I love Benicio del Toro on this hate movie. Him. Oh, I love him. He's one of the. He's one of those. I love Justin Theroux in his tiny little role. Hate Benicio del Toro. It's, he's so annoying. Ben, Benicio del Toro in this movie saves being able to watch the completely pointless trip that Finn and and Rose take to Conto like, Bight. I don't like... The, <sighs> I, don't, I just... Boring. There's, there's, that was boring. Okay. I'm I, complaint, that's like my biggest complaint about this it, movie. That, that segment was all too long, but I did enjoy... I do like the stuff with Finn and Rose. It was too long, though. It was too and long. And the story was completely dropped in the next movie. Like, this whole idea of the haves and the haves not... Completely yeah. not dealt with at all ever again. And that's annoying. That is annoying. I liked that they brought that up in this movie. I also think that the entire... You needed to have this kind of adventure for Finn to go on without Ray in order to kind of you know, be part of his arc that we see him go on. Like I said, he's kind of like... All I, I don't give a shit about the Resistance and The Force Awakens. I just want to save Ray and get the fuck out of here. In this movie, he kind of starts to care a little bit more. And then by the end of this movie, going into The Rise of Skywalker, you really kind of see that he has. There's more. He's realized there's there's more important things in the universe. And their mission fails. Well, and that's and that's also something that's kind of interesting, because I don't remember if there were tons of missions that overall failed in Star Wars before. I mean, definitely people got caught. Like, Empire is about a lot of failures. Yeah. Um, but this one I I liked because here it's like a couple of somewhat unknowns, you know? I mean, like, Laura Dern's character, um, she becomes... I loved Laura Dern in this. Yeah. Although she, I love Laura Dern anyway because she's a great actress. I, th- I love her. I like her in Big Little Lies. Mm-hmm. But um, she works with David Lynch a lot. And she hated Poe Dameron. She was she mad at him. She doesn't really hate him, she, though. She hates how he defies her authority yeah, all the time. Yeah. Um, but um, and, she, and she pulls off one of the coolest uh, acts in Star Wars where she, she sacrifices herself and then destroys the Supreme Leader's ship by going into light speed and using it like a bullet and just shooting straight through the ship and a bunch of other ships. And I, when I saw that on screen, yeah, I was, was like, amazing. fucking genius and amazing. That is the coolest thing I've seen in Star Wars at, like, at that moment. It's, holy shit. Um, people thought that was dumb. I don't know. I thought that was excellent. I thought, I, thought, awesome. I really thought that was like the last move they had, especially as all those transport ships were being just shot one at a time. I mean, yeah. how did Pose not get shot? I'm sorry. Yeah. But at least Leia was on that ship too, so we didn't want her killed. Yeah. But um, no, I, I feel like um, the, the stuff on the casino planet, yeah, it was a little drawn out, but. It was nice to see the animals that they were that they were riding. Well, it was they nice had, to kind of see something that's more organic and not just a ship. Well, and I or, and, or a and, droid. And, and like I said, I liked that they kind of brought up the 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 war mon- more the war profiteering yeah. aspect of like you've got like this empire and you've got these rebels and then in the mean, in the middle of all of that you have these rich people who are going to be rich no matter what and are and are feeding both sides of the war the industrial military complex exactly so Dwight Eisenhower warned us about it he, yeah well 
you know, if he would have just read some stories from a long time ago in a galaxy <laughs> far, far away, he would have seen that this had already happened. No. But, um, so a couple other things I just want to mention. Um, uh, like I said, I really like this movie, but um, there was some tragedy before the movie had come out that mm. really affected me going into this movie and how I was going to perceive it, and that was the passing of Carrie Fisher. It's horrible. Um, immediately, you know, besides being, ups- you know, up- upset and wanting to grieve the fact that, you know, the woman who played Princess Leia, who was really influential in not just being an actress, but helping write, you know, some of the dialogue and some of the scenes for for both of these new movies, um... You know, she is no longer with us. Um, she also plays Marie in my favorite movie, When Harry Met Sally, but we've talked about that before. The best part of that movie. Yeah. She's clearly the best She's part amazing. of that movie. Um, Which I just rewatched on New Year's. But... <laughs> um, so going into this movie, it was like, well, shit, how is this movie going to end? How are they going to deal with the fact yeah. that you can't how are you going to have princess leia in the next movie how oh my god it like opened up this whole can of worms like my brain was exploding like how is this going to happen and what is going to happen to my childhood and all this other kind of stuff and you know i was i was really worried and i didn't know what was going to happen so the whole time i'm experiencing this movie every scene with her in it mm-hmm. was emotional and then oh, there's yeah. a huge scene near the beginning where the command ship that she's on gets attacked and she is in on like the bridge of the ship and they, it gets blown up and she gets sucked out into space. And I'm thinking like, this is it. This is how they're going to kill princess Leia in these movies. So cheap. And, but instead she opens her eyes in space. She's got ice crystals on it, and she uses the force to pull herself into the ship. Now, again, controversial moment. People think like, oh, Disney made this up because she looks like Mary Poppins doing this shit. I'm like, shut the fuck up. This is amazing. Maybe it was just like the most emergency moment that she would have ever needed to tap into the force. She was able to. Exactly. That is exactly it. And then they talk about that later in The Rise of Skywalker, which I'm so glad they did. We'll get to that in a moment. So they don't do it there. And then she's in the whole movie and she's great in it. I loved her in this movie. And she, in my opinion, is more of a centerpiece in this movie than. Well, not more than Luke, not more than Luke, but I mean, she's so important. She's so key because she's she she's the authority figure. Everyone needs to look to. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the, she's and, so great. And the heart, and the thing that also made this really hard was I had heard, you know, before she had passed away, I had heard stories about how like she was like, okay, Han got the first one, Luke's all in the second one, I better be in the third one, and they kept and like the people, the producers, Kathleen Kennedy and everyone, were like the third movie is going to be like the one that focuses on you, and now uh, she can't be in it, yeah. and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So it was very hard to think about. Princess Leia and Carrie Fisher and how this was all going to go down. And it was in the back of my mind the whole time. Like I was enjoying watching the movie the first time I saw it in the theater, but I just kept thinking about it. And then when they talked, when they were developing the rise of Skywalker, you know, they, 
had talked about how, you know, what are they going to do? And the family, you know, they had told the family they were not going to like get another actress and like CGI her face onto her or do anything like that. They, they were pretty much just going to use any other footage that they had Mm -hmm. and write a story around that, that they felt worked. And, um, you know, what are you going to do? It was, I was really upset. It was very, it was I, very horrible. I was, it was sad. I was really upset. Um, she actually, you know, people don't know how much she meant to the industry because she actually, you know, did a lot of writing for, on other projects other than ones that she was even involved on. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it was, was tragic. It was really tragic. And for the whole Star Wars universe, it was, it was terrible. Yeah. Um, so after the movie comes out, you know, Ryan Johnson's getting all this flack. He had, after it come, you know, right before it had come out, he had signed a deal to make three new Star Wars movies, and then all of a sudden, those movies got canceled. Um, Kelly Marie Tran, who plays Rose in the story, who, um, I felt like I liked her in the in the story. I just felt like because of the scene, she the the, the stuff that she was doing, she got a lot of heat because it wasn't the best part of the movie. Um, she taught, she got harassed on like Twitter and everything. And she eventually had to get off social media because of it. And what it's did they really harass her about people are assholes. People, people want to just be trolls and just be assholes to people. I mean, I mean you like what, what did she not do that, that the fans needed? Cause she know. was fine. I, you know what? I like that. She presented Finn with like this other like love triangle option for him, her and Ray. You yeah. know, although we're gonna talk more when we get to the last movie, we'll talk a lot about Ray and her her uh love story arc because it's complicated. Yeah. yeah. But you know, so poor, poor lady. But and this, then her role got super reduced in the last in the last movie. She was well, hardly in it. Well and I read some articles about that and a lot of it just had to do with time and some of the scenes that she was in, she was in a lot of scenes with Leia and they just didn't cut as smoothly with the old footage mm-hmm. and stuff. So they ended up trimming some of that stuff and then hopefully it'll come out on the DVD or on the Blu-ray mm-hmm. when it comes out. But this ended up, be, this movie really divided fans. It And probably as much or if not more than the prequel trilogy did. Mm. And I, I, I just don't get it. I really don't get it. Um, you know, people were mad that Luke died. Okay. People thought part of it was boring. People thought they changed, it changed too much. It was too different. Well, you know what? People also probably didn't want Darth Vader to be Luke Skywalker's father, you know? And I'm sure that, you know, blew people's minds and was like, what the hell are you doing to my, to my, to my, my good old Luke? I don't know. But, I mean, <laughs> my best friend went to the movie with me to see it, and he thought it was great, and now he hates it. I mean, there was so much reaction to it that it really kind of poisoned and tainted something that was great. Well, and, and, that, and, that, and that's what is, that's so hard for me as a fan of star Wars, who is just so grateful that we get anything. (laughs) (laughs) I think 
visually, this movie's very interesting. I like that they land on that mineral planet. I think it's kind of like a callback to Hoth a little bit because it is, but you it's don't, not Hoth. It's it's, it's, it's salt and it, not snow. Exactly. It's great. And it's what's great. cool about the salt is that there's like the red dust or like the other red layer below yeah. that, so that when the salt is getting stirred up, all this red dust kicks up too. And you know, upon first view, it kind of like looks like blood or something. Yeah. I mean, there's things visually. And then, it's so and then great. like the weird crystal foxes or dogs or whatever those are. I mean, I I thought it was really creative and really clever. And I don't know, like, like we were talking about, you know, yes, Luke was a super duper curmudgeon in this movie, but he, he really anchored it. I mean, he he, He was so good because we had to, we kind of had to see like, okay, after he was this like ultra Zen philosopher dude in return of the Jedi. Like what's going to happen to Luke Skywalker? And yeah. you know, he tried to be a teacher and he had, he had a really bad student. Being that, a teacher's hard. Being a teacher is really <laughs> tough. And I he, know teachers. It's hard. He <laughs> had a really <laughs> shitty student that screwed up his whole relationship and he had to quit. And he's like, screw this. I'm going to isolate away from everybody. Hey. I'm going to I'm going to turn off all my social media. Yeah. I'm going to turn off my cell phone. I don't need to be in touch with anybody. I'm moving. I'm, I'm moving, moving to an island I'm and I'm just really getting away. away. I'm getting off the grid. I'm, I'm going to hide my map in like four different places so <laughs> yeah. no one can find me. I mean, to see what ultimate and we got we got ghost Yoda back. I mean, Yoda great. comes back to That's kind of kibitz with him, just like he always did before. Every everything about the scene with Yoda is great, except Mark Hamill has to has to do one of the like most cringeworthy lines for me is when they're talking about the the the, the sacred texts that are inside the tree that Yoda just burned down, and and Luke goes, "But the sacred Jedi texts," and I'm just like, "Really." Really? Yeah, but didn't, didn't Yoda say, did you ever even read them? Yeah, like real page turner. Yeah, yeah, he but, was teasing him about but still, it. But still, the, the, the Yoda, line and everything, it was just like, uh... <laughs> I was fine with that. I mean, especially because we got Yoda, I, Yoda, a, Yoda, Yoda giggling. It. Trust me, I'm over it. Yeah, Yoda <laughs> giggling at him like, you dum-dum. Like, I'm yeah. messing with you again because I always, because Yoda always messes with him. Yeah. But but no, I feel like it was important. And again, it was one of those things where, like I said, I want to have a big discussion about Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, and Rey. Like, we'll get there in a second. Well, yeah. But, um, you know, for Ben to kind of not want to just, like, follow in the family business and just, you know, follow the straight path to being you know, a Jedi following the good side of the force. I mean, he was conflicted and it's like, does he really want his uncle telling him what to believe in? Maybe not. And he was manipulated and taught to do bad things. And while he was kind of trying to hide that from Luke, you know, Luke was able to sense that. And, you know, in a really shitty decision, you know, he decides to try to kill, kill Ben and, then all hell breaks loose and yeah. everything went spiraling the way it did. And I, it was interesting to see, you know, what this amazing heroic guy who, like I said, felt like the Zen master in uh, Return of the Jedi, almost in a like almost in kind of an annoying, like, I know everything and kind of needed his ass kicked a little bit. In yeah. Jedi. Yeah. I mean, but we'll we'll talk about the, we'll talk about that in a tiny bit. But um 
I'm glad we got a conclusion. And he was so key. I mean, oh, my God. Kylo Ren, after getting rejected by Ray in his offer to, okay, dude, okay, lady, I just killed Snoke for you because you and I are going to sit on this throne together. Yeah. And her being like, no, that's not going to happen. I'm out of here. For him, I, getting I think that, there's good in you. I think that you're going to come with me eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for her to just outright reject him and then for him to just like go off the deep end. And then to see a ghost uncle, because it really wasn't his uncle. It was this amazing projection. And to get all his temper tantrums out in that moment, and like we said, long enough to distract so Ray could show off and do all her rock-moving force moves. Um, It was awesome. Yeah. The last thing I just want to say before we move on is, um, and Hart, going back to everything with Carrie Fisher is probably one of the best scenes is when Luke first appears as the force ghost force ghost he um or the force projection yeah. he's not a ghost yeah. yet he's a projection yeah. when he first appears he he goes and talks to Leia and when he deliver he delivers a line about Han he delivers this line like no one's ever really gone yeah I fucking lost it in the theater at that point, <laughs> you know, and then he kisses her on the forehead and then he goes out to, you know, face her son and everything like that. I was just like, oh, yeah. Fuck. yeah. And, and that even without what was going on in the real world, that scene, I was like, Ryan Johnson's fucking, this is fun, some good ass writing. And to have that scene, the two of them had been like, like, like apart because he went in hiding and everything. And for him to be like, "I'm sorry that I did this to your son," and I feel, I feel responsible. And just that moment between the two of them, I was like, Fuck. "Well, it's a real callback too in Jedi when they realize that they're brother and sister, as though this was like the biggest, you know, puzzle to solve." Yeah, yeah. more controversy in the from the '80s. Yeah, but. Um, that that scene on Endor when they really kind of have their first like brother sister bonding moment, yeah, um, it's really sweet. Yeah. So now that brings us to the last installment of the Skywalker saga, the Rise of Skywalker. Wait a minute, it's the end. Why okay. is it the Rise of Skywalker? What's going on? I don't understand what that means. Hence, let's get into what the fuck that means. Well. This movie already started off with some controversy as um, Colin Trevorrow, who was supposed to direct it, he's known for doing the Jurassic World movies. Um, he was writing it, and then he got fired <laughs> from from doing this movie. Did he have a Did he have a Twitter or internet uh, a Twitter scandal or something? Um, from what. I understand there was some drama. I don't know the specifics of the drama, um, but there was some difficulty. But if you watch the credit, the end credits, he is credited with some story. Mm. So they did keep, they did keep some of what he had, but they brought back J.J. Abrams mm-hmm. to direct it, and you know. He came back saying, hey, we're going to use footage of Carrie Fisher from what I had from The Force Awakens. 
I thought it was kind of strange that they didn't say, well, what about all the cut stuff from The Last Jedi? I'm like, why aren't they using Last Jedi footage? But who knows? And the movie starts off with angry, rage, full of rage, Kylo Ren traveling all over the the galaxy to find something to direct us towards Emperor Palpatine. Because in the opening crawl... Was he looking for a Tesseract? No, it's called... <laughs> I'll explain this. One of the nitpicks I have about this movie... It's one of the Infinity Stones. One of the nitpicks I have about this movie. So anyway, uh, <laughs> in the opening crawl, it talks about how voices have been caught on the, on the airwaves of Emperor Palpatine, you know, coming back. And... He's on the search for a Sith, like, map quest thing, which, to direct him to where to find Emperor Palpatine. And he's on, Palpatine is on planet Exegol. And the this is where, I'm, immediately, like, as the movie is starting, I'm got like the what the fuck is going on kind of thing going on in my head. And um I I just want to say that I did walk out of this movie like I was very entertained and I enjoyed it. You know, I'm not I'm not going to say I hated this movie because there's a lot of this movie I really really liked. But there's definitely some big things in this movie I did not like. My first immediate nitpick was they didn't call they didn't go with what this thing this cute this like pyramid looking thing actually is it's called a sith holocron that's what it is if even if you are not a star wars fan and don't know what that is what a holocron is just call it what it is who gives a shit it's a sith holocron but no they give it some other weird fucked up stupid name whatever um and then he goes to planet exegol where he we find out a whole shit ton of really important information. Number one, Emperor Palpatine, who dies at the end of Re Return of the Jedi, his body had been recovered, and mm -hmm. they have been using um, some sort of, like, si you know, science. You know, magic is science. We just don't understand. They're using science to kind of revive, you know, they necromance his body. Mm. They weakened at Bernie's body. They kind of, which I loved. I loved that they just tried to revive his dead body. I just thought that was creepy and cool and amazing because everyone fucking thought that he was going to be a clone. And I'm so glad he was not a clone. Mm. I'm so glad that he was some necromanced dead body. I just thought that was the coolest, darkest thing. But then we learn some other shit. The fact that he has been... He actually created Supreme Leader Snoke. And then they, sh they, they pan towards, like, some, like, giant, like, tube full of water with, like, a bunch of, like, reject Snoke bodies. Like, they mm. tried to grow him in a lab. Like in the prestige. And that just felt like... Okay, maybe Snoke's a clone. What is he a clone of? We don't know about Snoke. Apparently, it doesn't fucking matter because... Snoke sucks. Who cares? Not only did he suck, but 
Emperor Palpatine was using him as a puppet anyway and had been controlling the whole thing. Mm. Okay. Well, Kylo Ren, Mr. Fuck the old shit, I want the new shit, I'm, I'm going to be Mr. Badass, was like, I'm going to take you all down. But the whole time, ever since God knows when, Palpatine and his Sith followers have been creating the final order. <laughs> this huge armada of ships, all equipped with guns that can destroy an entire planet, just like the Death Star, to take over the galaxy. And he's offering this to Kylo Ren if he can bring Rey to him. So that becomes this whole, like, we got to find Rey and bring her to him, blah, 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 blah thing. It's a shame about Ray. It's a shame about Ray, but good one. That was good. So that's where we kind of going in this movie. At the same time, Ray is actually trying to find one of these wave, you know, Sith map quests. Tesseract. Yeah, Tesseract <laughs> things. To also find the Emperor so she can kill him. Because she she knows that he's pulling... She's discovered that he's pulling the strings and they need to destroy him. Well, fast forward through a whole shit ton of action and a whole bunch of stuff going on. She discovers that she can find one of these things on another moon of Endor that is close to Endor where parts of the... Destroyed Death Star 2 from Return of the Jedi have landed in the mm. water and then faces Kylo Ren and discovers that she is the Emperor's granddaughter. She's got Pappy Palpatine. She's got Palpatine blood. Mm. So she freaks out, steals Kylo Ren's TIE fighter. With the with the wayfinder in it, and says, "I need to go have a Luke Skywalker moment and cry in the corner." And flies to Octu to live on the same island that Luke was on. Was that before or after she had lightning shooting out of her hands? Oh, that was way after, way after. And there was hints of this whole evil, you know, that she was a Palpatine from the very beginning. No one else had lightning come out of their fingers the way that's a Sith power yeah it's something the sith do yeah so there was all these hints about it and even from the force awakens people were thinking who the hell are are ray's parents and maybe she's a palpatine and all that and all of this going on so she goes there and but while after that happens she does something to ben or to kylo ren she stabs him with the lightsaber and then uses the force to heal him. Mm. And this is like the, the beginning of like, well, this is like the, the point where he decides like, maybe I am good. Has this whole Han Solo moment where Han Solo, you know, ghost dad, ghost dad comes back. He has, is it? He has a change of heart and then go, goes to find Ray to help her. Well, Ray, when she goes to Octu to live her life now as a hermit like Luke did, Force Ghost Luke comes back. 
convinces her that's not the what you should be doing. Tells her to go to Octu herself or to Exegol herself. In the meantime, when she does that, whoa, whoa, Mulder. When Ray's flying to Exegol, she sends the coordinates that she's taking to the resistance so they can follow her. And then you can have this giant battle on Exegol. And the resistance is really small. So yeah, they, they all fit on the Millennium Falcon. Well, but no, they, they take something. Yeah. At the end of the last Jedi, they're on the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Well, they give the Millennium Falcon to Lance, uh, to Lando Calrissian, who they have connected with on their journey to go find people to help them. So they all find people. He got, they all go to Exegol. He finds people to help them. They have this big, huge space battle and, but what we're really focusing on at this point is Ray meeting her grandfather for the first time and Kylo Ren coming to help her. Yeah. And the two of them having this kind of duke it out moment with the emperor, the big bad that was controlling everything the whole time. And now he is Ben Solo. He's not Kylo Ren anymore. He's turned to the good. And the two of them are together having this great moment where they can fight the Emperor themselves. They do it together. They do it together. With their combined strength, they eventually take down the Emperor For finally. And... But... In doing this, they have this Romeo and Juliet kind of moment where Kylo Ren heals Rey mm-hmm. because it's ta- this bat this fight has taken everything out of her, and by doing that, uses all of his strength, and then he dies. Yeah, you know, just after they share a kiss, he disappears. Every the Leia disappears. No, that was that was before. That was after. No, they he, did. That was she when died. he said. That she, was when he said. He, she. That was when he had the conversation with Han Solo. He was saved, and then she disappeared. I thought Leia and Kylo both disappear the same no, exact time. No, he. She disappears after he gets kind of saved. Hmm. But anyway, and. Everything is great. The emperor, the darkness is finally gone. The ba- the force is finally at balance. Yub dub plays. Uh, we yeah, yub dub does not play. Unfortunately, <laughs> oh, I would have loved that. Um, Ray, Return of the Jedi. Reference. Ray, who has both Luke and Leia's lightsabers, mm-hmm. which we will talk about in a second, um, goes back to Tatooine. Buries the lightsabers. She has her own lightsaber now. And some old woman goes, who are you? You're not from around here. And she says, oh, my name's Ray. Ray what? What's your family name? Ray Skywalker. Yeah. And that is the rise of the Skywalker kind of thing. Okay. I know. I really kind of blew through that movie. Okay. (laughs) But. So. So in watching this movie. And rewatching the other two, I kind of feel like Kylo Ren's my favorite character. And I feel like he's maybe the most interesting character through all of this. And this movie certainly is the payoff I needed for this weird kind of like 
strange, not exactly love connection, but certainly this pull they had to each other from the very first movie. But I feel like the payoff was perfect. Like, I loved that he came around, he was back to being Ben, and that he sacrificed himself for her. I mean, I'd watch that over and over again. I was really happy with how that was dealt with because I felt like it was kind of weird. Like the stuff that happened in the other movies, especially like in the, in the force awakens, you know, his whole torture scene with her, he's got all the eyeliner on. I mean, he was like emo to the fullest in that movie. <laughs> I don't know the... he had eyeliner. But... <laughs> no, he did. He had eyeliner on in that movie, which is fine, but he had like the turtleneck and like just everything about him. He was just so like weird and goofy. And like, you don't even see him without the mask until he's torturing. He was her. like a wax mustache away from being... yeah, he was just so like, ugh. and you know, trying to be Mr. Mind control and this and that. And she's just like, mm, it's not going to happen with me, buddy. And she hadn't even really embraced like the force. It, you know, she hadn't really discovered that mm. about herself yet. But then of course, in the second movie, which we really didn't get into, you know, when she was on the Island with Luke, Kylo kept visiting her. You know, we get to see him topless. Swallow is yeah. what, they, what people call them on the internet. He was, you know, topless, and she even says, can you put a shirt on or something? Mm -hmm. And he's doing this whole kind of, like, across-the-galaxy kind of communication with her. In fact, at one point, they even touch hands, and then, like, Luke sees it and freaks out. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she's convinced. Like, she feels that there is still some good in him, much like Luke felt about his dad. Like, this, this, I mean, because her character totally is follows the same trajectory as Luke Skywalker in so many ways, like Mm -hmm. so much so that she eventually names herself Skywalker. And she was on, she came from a desert desert planet. planet. So much is similar. She was kind of, she was orphaned. Yeah. So much (laughs) is similar to like the, the Ray storyline and the Luke storyline, but we never really saw like Vader change much in the way that we saw Kylo Ren change and Vader change in like because he's the father like it's different with like a father son versus like two people that have no real relation to each other like I don't know I mean it felt I don't want to say it was a love story but I don't know I I really found it interesting and he may be my favorite character in these three I think that Kylo Ren and Ray are complicated characters. They were really they and they were really good characters. I just felt like the relationship with them and the turn back to the good side for Kylo Ren was rushed in this movie. I really kind I of felt like so. it was kind of rushed. I don't think so because I mean, I would I would have liked to see what like, what, what, what what how much did he need to go through? I mean, because if you think about it, if it was always in there, like if he always had it inside him, and you know, he killed his dad. He was partially responsible for killing his uncle, and he was manipulating this woman who he saw the force who he really wanted her. I, I mean, it's not like he proposed to her at the right. end of the second movie, but I mean, he clearly said, "You join me, and we will do this together." I mean, it was sort of a proposal in I mean, a like sense. Darth Vader did to his son. Well, I mean, but but I mean, he really saw her as like an equal. You know, yeah. he wanted her to be with him like he didn't want 
to assume that he could do it alone. He wanted her by his side. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think the switch for him needed to be much because look at the switch that happened with Luke. When, when Luke thought that Ben was evil, wanted to kill him. And then like Ben went off and then Luke decides I can't do this anymore. I mean, sometimes people snap and things major, something, something can quickly change a person. I just think I would have liked to see, I mean, the I think I would have liked already it. packed to begin with. I know how much more needed to happen. I just think I, I would have liked to see a little more of him rethinking his stance a little more, and because he went from so full of rage at the end of the Last Jedi to kind of turning in this one, I, 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 I think I would have liked to see a little, a little more there. But that being said, um, that was not my biggest problem with this movie. Not enough porgs. Uh, there definitely was not enough porgs. Yeah, it was. Um, I was glad there was some porgs. Just a little tiny. Just a little bit, bit of porgs. Right, Mr. Porg? Right, right, little bait, little porgy. <laughs> She's so cute. My, my biggest issues with this movie were... I really kind of it really kind of felt like when I first watched it and then after I watched it the second time that they kind of took some dice and were like, who is going to be Ray's parents? And they rolled dice and said, oh, it came up Palpatine. But then I did some research and I read that not necessarily her parents, but. The goal from the very beginning, even when from The Force Awakens, supposedly always was Palpatine needs to be the big bad. Somehow we have to bring Palpatine back and make him the big bad. And when I when I read a couple articles stating that as a possibility, my initial thought was. I would have much rather not had Snoke at all. And instead had Kylo Ren being driven to the dark side by voices of Darth Vader uh, when he looks at that head. Sure. Yes. Yeah, and just was not a, have Snoke at all. Agreed. I agreed. I mean, they, they technically, I like the only thing that Snoke was good for was having Ray and Kylo Ren kind of confronting him together. And then <clears throat> Kylo Ren killing him and then right. Ray and Kylo Ren fighting everybody together. Right. That's the only reason Snoke in his weird Las Vegas shiny robes <laughs> needed to exist. Yeah. Um, otherwise I, pointless character. And Horrible. Then, and then along those same lines, I just don't like Ray being a Palpatine. I wish it would have been like kind of how we don't really like we know Anakin Skywalker had a mom, but we don't know she had a dad. He didn't. It was Immaculate Conception. Well, there's this whole because thing. The whole stupid movie was stupid. And Can I finish what I'm saying? OK. OK, because they talk about how there's a legend that the Midi, the Midiborians were, you know, would create a life that would balance out the force. <sighs> I wish that there was like a dark side midichlorian kind of thing that would have created Ray and she didn't have any parents. Hmm. 
because then you have that Skywalker lineage balance and the balancing of the Force. And I just thought that I I just. It just seemed like a like they pulled a fucking name out of a hat. I don't think so. And I actually respect the idea that be, even though she was a Palpatine, she still... It wasn't like she was predestined to be bad. She wasn't predestined to be evil. Well, and I think and that's her, the And her that's real the nature was she wanted to be good, and that's why she identifies as a Skywalker at the very end. And and that is the theme. The yeah. theme of that. And so I'm okay with it. I'm, yeah. I'm Again, I'm not... I'm not... I didn't walk out of this movie, like, hating this movie because of this. And I understand the theme of the idea of, like, with Rey, you don't have to just live by your bloodline. Yeah, you can choose. You You can choose a different path because you're your own person. And that's why, to me, it makes sense that Ben was able to flip. He finally realized... This hasn't been working for me. I can't keep doing the same thing I've been doing for the first two and a half movies. I need to do something different. But you at know the what? same time... And you know what? I think maybe this is the better option, so I'm going to switch, and my ghost dad visited me. And to support your theory even more, the idea of, why does everyone want me to be a Jedi? Maybe I don't want to be a Jedi. My par- my mom, yeah, my mom's telling me I have to go train with he, my uncle to he, be a Jedi, but maybe that's not what I want. He doesn't want to be in the family business. Yeah, He'd exactly. He'd rather do something else. So, but uh, in addition to just, I mean, obviously for me, the Kylo Ren Ray stuff really is just the most dominant and most interesting piece of this final movie. The other stuff, kind of, eh, I, I can't even really rattle off anything that happened other than. Um, Finn meets other people who had been star um, stormtroopers who quit being stormtroopers. I, I think that really that's interesting. And I thought that really kind of op- it, it, it opened up kind of his eyes a little yeah, bit too. He's not the, uh, the only gr- one. Again, the greater universe. There's things bigger than just yeah. me trying to run away from my problems. Yep. Yeah. Can't really tell <coughs> you what Poe did. I don't really remember much of his story other than helping to find the Tesseract. Um, well, and when they, when they had to escape that first planet they go yeah. to, okay. you know, they went to hit a planet that he had been to oh, that's to right. try All stuff with and him get and Carrie to, Russell. Yeah. Yes. And we that's only also, get to see and that's also, eyes. and that's also how they were able to, um, translate the dagger yeah. because 3PO had seen it. And it was in the Sith language, so they had to go there to do that. So, that, yeah. again, part of the adventure. But this is the first movie, though, that we get all three of them together and have yeah. an adventure. Yeah. So I, li- I liked that. I thought that um, I liked that there was a lot more creatures in this. There was a lot more, like, alien creatures in it, which I liked. I liked seeing... Um, I liked seeing Ray training on that planet. Mm-hmm. I some rocks. And I liked when she went back and then saw Force Ghost Luke and he tells the story of how he had Leia's lightsaber mm-hmm. because he was training Leia and then while training she had a vision that somehow her her lightsaber and using the Force would be the end of her son. The cats are going crazy. At least more bears. That would be the end of her son, and that is why she shunned using the Force. Mm. So I liked that. <clears throat> there was just... There was a lot of 
pretty cool things they did. They did a lot of like homaging to the original movies with like Luke raising his mm, X-wing, X-wing out awesome. of the water. Awesome. Like he couldn't do that in, in Empire, but he could do that in this movie. Um, kind of a little more cheesy, but I think poignant was when the movie, you know, after they had victory, uh, Maz gives um, Chewbacca oh, yeah, an award. Han Solo's medal. Oh, yeah. And, you know, which kind of, you know, clears up the huge controversy from the original movie where people complain that Chewie didn't get in a battle, but, yeah. you know, they did, even though he was just as important. Um, little things like that were great. I don't know. there Because I know so much also about, like, the greater canon, there's little things here and there detail-wise, like the, like the Sith holocron. Like, that drove me crazy. Also, I thought it would have been cool if... Um, there's this group from the Clone Wars cartoon, which is amazing, um, called the Night Sisters, who work with the dark side of the Force. And I thought it'd be cool if it was the Night Sisters that had brought back Palpatine. Hmm. But if they didn't do it, no big fucking deal. Um, I, lots of little things like that. But again, like I said, I enjoyed this movie. Yeah. So I think we should move on to just kind of a general ranking of all of the movies. I I, I think we should too. Um, I just want to say also that these movies are not perfect. No movies are perfect. These movies, I mean, people want to, I mean, I understand that these movies aren't perfect. I know I complained a lot about this movie, uh, the most recent movie. Um, but I do really enjoy all these movies. And like I said, I'm just grateful that we they get exist. them, that they exist. And I thought that, and then like, I thought that JJ Abrams did a really good job using the footage he had of Leia yeah. to put, to get her into this movie. I thought that what they did with that was great. I just have to say that. Before we move into a ranking, though, I do want to just point out that Disney has released, um, they've already released the full season of a TV spinoff called The Mandalorian, and I believe there's another series coming out for about um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Yes, so uh, Mandalorian, just uh, all the episodes are now available. They, they they release them a week at a time. If you are into the huge overall expanded universe, a final, 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 final season of Clone Wars is coming out in February, um, which the reason I like the Clone Wars show and the reason why I will always tell people who like Star Wars to watch it is because the actor who plays Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars cartoon is so much better than Hayden mm. Christensen. Mm. And they It's re- animated, right? It's animated, but you really can see the turn of him to Darth Vader more by watching that. Yeah. And it just expands on it a lot more. Um, and then at the and then at some point, either next year or in twenty twenty one, we will be getting a six part miniseries of Kenobi. Okay. And apparently Ewan McGregor had signed on to that years ago, and he's just so happy that the cat's out of the bag because he's had to, like, keep, keep, it, a secret. keep it a secret for, like, five years. The reason I want to point this out is because I personally feel that the Mandalorian series has been phenomenal. I, and I, I also, really like it. And I also think that possibly one of the issues with all three of these sequel trilogy movies is that they maybe would have been better if, they were, if they'd been television episodes. 
it's possible that mm. some of the stories, because especially this last movie was very dense and had a lot of stuff it wanted to do, had it been broken up into five half-hour episodes or maybe even six half-hour <clears throat> episodes, maybe the pacing could have been a little better. Maybe we could have... I don't know. It's just something to consider because I feel that it's very possible these stories might tease out better ultimately in like the television format what than I, the movie format. I only disagree because there's no way in hell that they would not make these movies. <laughs> they, would ha- sure. they would have to make it movies. The The way around, though, and I and I know where you're going with that, is if they would have had the same writers write all three movies from the very beginning mm. and then figured out like we can go from plot from sure. point A to point B in movie one, point yeah. B to point really C in point B better. two, point C to point D in movie three. Yeah. And really kind of map it out and be consistent yeah. and like how know where the arcs are gonna go with each actor and each character. Instead of you write number one, you write number two, you write number three, oh whatever yeah. And then flushed it out that way. That might have been better. Yeah. So, um, but again, if you haven't seen the Mandalorian series yet, get Disney Plus and watch it. It is phenomenal. It's like a seventies western. It's it is really, so great. It's, it's fun. And yes, a lot of it is on desert planets, but it's fine. It's, it's so, so it's fun. Great. It's it, it's kind of it's kind of quiet in a lot of a lot of it, and it's Music kind of great. And it's kind of slow, but it, it sets a cool tone. It's I enjoyed it. So so good. Again, I. If, if they're putting something in the Star Wars universe, I'm probably going to watch it. There's a, there's another animated series called Resistance, which I'm not really fond of, but that's because the main character drives me crazy, so it's kind of hard to watch. Um, but again, the more that they make, the, I'm just excited that they're making things in the Star Wars world. So um, online, some people, a lot of people have been ranking these movies now. Um, and... I'm going to go ahead and give my rankings, and then, Nancy, you can tell me whether you agree or disagree. Or I'll just give mine after you give yours. Okay. Um, are, you, are you ready? You ready to hear this, Mulder? All right, I'm on it. So um, the first, first I'm going to rank it, number one, A New Hope. And I, this is going to sound really controversial because... I ranked number a new hope number one because that was the first one I saw, I ha- and I just have like an emotional connection to it. But I will say my number two, Empire Strikes Back, is probably a superior movie. But I just like a new hope more because of that. So some people might flip flop those two, but a new hope, Empire, Return of the Jedi. And then I'm throwing Rogue One in there mm-hmm. next because I just thought that was phenomenal. I love the look of it. I love the story. I think and it, it takes place right before A New Hope. It takes place right before A New Hope. I thought I ben thought Mendelsohn, when when they made that movie and they spun that movie as a spinoff and they created that movie, I was so excited for for future spinoffs because I thought, wow, they've got a really good team putting this stuff together. Um, then I'm going to say Force Awakens. Then the Last Jedi. Then Solo, the spin-off Han Solo origin story, which I think Donald Glover, I think is just a fun movie. Mm-hmm. And there's some things that people might not like about it. Some people think it's boring. Some people hate the fact that it's not Harrison Ford. Well, sorry, it's not Harrison Ford. But 
I really enjoy that movie. Then The Rise of Skywalker, then Revenge of the Sith, Attack of the Clones, then Phantom Menace. And as I have stated, I would probably, even the Clone Wars animated movie that launched the Clone Wars series, I would put probably above Attack of the Clones because Hayden Christensen drives me crazy. I'm not attacking Hayden Christensen, the actor. I'm attacking how his character was in those movies. Same thing with Jake Lloyd. I'm not attacking Jake Lloyd. Just I will. His very childlike demeanor and everything in that, it just drove me crazy. And Phantom Menace, even though it came up with one of the coolest characters in Darth Maul, it just fell flat on a lot of other things. It's the one Star Wars movie where as I'm watching it, there's times where I just get bored and want to turn it off. Mm. So that's how I'm ranking these. All right. So ours are pretty similar. Um, I go back and forth with my number one being either A New Hope or Empire. I think for a long time I thought it would be Empire. But you know what? <clears throat> there's just so much. There's You get Alec Guinness in oh, A New Hope. and A lot of Alec Guinness. A more, of Alec, more than Empire. <laughs> and, and really kind of seeing Luke try to figure out how to make these changes in his life. It's it's pretty amazing. So I go back and forth on which one is number one and number two. So I'm just going to kind of say, depending on the day, I'm going to flip-flop and rank them. Empire has... Empire is amazing. Empire is amazing. It has one of my favorite pieces of music in all the Star Wars films when... Um, Imperial March? No, when um, Han and Leia and Chewie and C-3PO are being chased by the Empire through the asteroid field um, in Empire. The music in that is amazing. Mm. And then they actually kind of homage that in the Kessel Run scene of Solo. Mm. And I noticed it, and I was like, that's amazing. That's amazing. So my third movie is Return of the Jedi. And my fourth movie is um, Force Awakens. Um, I think of the three recent ones, it's my favorite. Um, just because it, of all everything it introduces, and Kylo Ren is just such a baby in that movie. He's such a temper tantrum baby, and and it has the least amount of Poe Dameron, so yes. that also helps. <clears throat> I'd put Rogue One as our my fifth favorite, and then in terms of um, the Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker, they're also kind of like a New Hope and Empire for me, where it's very interchangeable. I like them both about the same and sometimes you like one more than the other yeah yeah, yeah. um i'd have to rewatch um rise of skywalker again to decide Absolutely. if it really would edge out or fall just below i've seen and, and to your point like i've seen the force awakens and the last jedi so many more times than rise of skywalker <laughs> that yeah that def- it's hard to tell whether i would rank rise of skywalker higher yeah. than any of those two yeah but like I said, yeah. for me, the whole Kylo Ren Ray payoff really does boost it. So, Good. depending on the day, Solo I'd rank um, next, and then in terms of the prequels, my ranking is the same as yours. Is uh, three, two, one, three, two, one. Um, I cannot deal with Jake Lloyd. I cannot deal with Padma calling him Annie. I hate the pod racing. I hate Jar Jar Banks. I hate the. Um, 
car dealer guy that he works with. There's so yes. much of that movie that drives me crazy. And I specifically truly, truly hate midichlorians. Um, yeah, I jo- I, really... I would joke about midichlorians. I still joke about them now. I think they're ridiculous and dumb. Um, yeah, I mean, thought, I mean, I'm, I miss... not a ha- I'm not a huge fan of the idea that there's these little tiny beings. It's stupid. In the force. I just, I, I, I miss, uh, I mean, sure. Liam Neeson dies in that movie. So if you don't like Phantom Menace, then you don't get much more of um, Liam Neeson. I mean, but yeah, Darth Maul was very interesting. I really liked the music at the end during the, the, the sword battle. Yeah. It's so one great. The, that's, and that's one of the most popular pieces of Star Wars. And, and that scene, I mean, of course, you know, Obi-Wan watching Liam Neeson die is mirrors what happens yeah. in A New Hope when Luke watches Obi-Wan die at the hand of Darth Vader. So, I mean, yeah. there's callbacks that make sense, but... It's still, I mean, I have not rewatched the prequels in 15 plus years, at least. Like, I just never had an interest in revisiting them. Ewan McGregor is my favorite thing and probably mm. the only really good thing about the prequels as far as I'm concerned. And I feel like he gets to do more in Attack of the Clones and Return of the Sith. So, Revenge yeah. of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, excuse yeah. me. So, yeah, that's my ranking. But So, I mean, for both of us, clearly... The three originals are going to always be the top movies. I can't imagine what a Star Wars movie would have to do to knock either of those three out of the top three. I just it'd, can't. It'd be really hard. And when you think about it, when you think about it, you know, like one of the problems with the most recent movies is because they want to do callbacks to the original characters. It's like they're trying to shove so much in. Those original movies had a much smaller cast overall. Yeah. Like the, the core characters were very understood and it's not like they were trying to do so many extra things. I mean, they sure new people were being added with each movie. Like you get Lando in the second movie in the third movie, you get Jabba the Hutt like and this, the emperor mm. and the emperor, like things yeah. get added, but it didn't feel like it was not like we were trying to do too many things. So, mm. but yep. So that's where I stand. Well, um, you know, I'm I'm kind of sad that you know the stories that of the Skywalkers is going to be pretty much done now because I thought I I and, and and a lot of that is because I think over all those movies you know everyone thinks like loves Luke Skywalker but he's probably my least favorite of the big 3. <laughs> I love Leia, then Han Solo, then Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I still think that there's hope for these original characters to come back because Poe Dameron can come back as the evil overlord <laughs> in the next version of this series because he's just so gross and annoying and, and just evil. Yeah. Yeah. He could become, he could be in charge of the industrial military complex that will eventually rise well. and molest BB-8 some more. Well, I'm sorry that Poe disappointed you so much. I would like to hope I'm not the only person on the planet that dislikes Poe. Well, as we've discussed, there's lots of controversy with these movies. I'm sure there's a I hate Poe Dameron club, just like there's a I hate raised lineage club and whatnot. But overall, I love these movies. Yeah, they're great. I just want to thank everyone for letting me... Thanks, Nancy, for letting me rant about these movies <laughs> as much and just it's talk about it. It's been my whole life. And, um, and like I said, <laughs> I, um, thank you. I did That's really, Penelope. 
I did really like, you know, Penelope's people and yeah. and and his, her kind in the in in these movies. But I just want to thank you for letting me talk about this. I want to thank everyone for listening. I'm sure that some of the things I said might be controversial or spoiler That's what or being a Star Wars whatever. Fan is all about. But no, it's not. But it's turned into that. So what am I supposed to do? But um. Let us know what, how you guys rank all these movies. Yeah, you guys rank the movies and tell us what you think. Feel free to argue with me or tell, give me your opinions on them. If you love Poe Dameron, tell me why. Explain and, it to me. I'd love to be convinced <clears throat> otherwise. Yeah, or uh, just say, hey, I agree with everything you guys said. That's fine, too. <laughs> and uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, blah, blah. But more importantly, if you enjoy listening to us, can you guys rate us? That'd be cool. Rate us, leave us a review. We'd love all that stuff. Yeah. And um, just to let you know, coming up this year, we've got, like I mentioned, we've got some exciting stuff. We're thinking about doing maybe some contests. I think so. Yeah. Thinking about doing stuff like that. If you're interested, let us know. Just because, hey, it's fun stuff to do. We're enjoying doing this. Um, My name is Matthew. My name is Nancy. And thank you for listening to Fighting Over the VCR. Thank you.